Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's talk about gifts, shall we? This is the season for last-minute shopping and or shopping in advance, as some responsible people do. Um, some people, though, I was thinking about are, are hard to shop for, and you probably all know somebody who is difficult to shop for. For me, it is my father. What do you get for the man? He, he has lots of fountain pens already. Doesn't need more of those. If he needs a shirt, well, he just buys it. Uh, he's a, a music connoisseur. So naturally, he likes a number of good bands. One of them is Toto. But he has all of their albums. I mean, even the deep tracks like Toto, live from Johannesburg, which Hamilton and I have listened to in its entirety. So what, what sort of gift do you get for this person that's hard to shop for, you know? Well, I think back to uh, many years of gift giving and gift receiving, and when I think of him having a gleam in his eye during the exchange of presents, it, it's never about when he was receiving a gift. Hey, he was grateful to receive gifts, and we love to give him a gift. But he always had a gleam in his eye when we, were, when we his children, were opening a gift. He, he liked to see and to know that we were appreciating and, and you know, receiving this, which is a, a token, really. I mean, I'm grateful that my parents loved us and blessed us the way they did. But it's not about the gifts. It's, it's the reflection that, that they gave us nice gifts because they loved us. Uh, skateboard. Powell Peralta Ripper. That was really cool back in the uh, mid-'80s. Uh, Haro FST bicycle. That was... Uh, I mean, my dad probably stayed up all night putting it together because it came in a box and you had to you know, put the whole thing together. And it was complicated, too. It was not a simple machine. I mean, it had a rotor, you know, so you could spin the front handlebars all the way around. You could do all kinds of tricks that way. Um, oh, the uh, 1980 Star Wars uh, Christmas in the Stars album. <laughs> Kelly hates when I play. It's a terrible album. It is, it is really just awful. But I had the record. I had, like, a record. I had a little plastic Fisher-Price record player type thing. I remember listening to that, you know, Christmas morning. Anyway, um, you know, he always had a, a gleam in his eye as, as he would see us enjoy that, that gift, whatever it was that he gave. Now, we see in King David in our lesson from 2 Samuel this morning, we see an example where God's fatherly love for David and for us comes through. And, you know, we have human relationships in part, God works like through our human relationships to reveal himself. How do you reveal the inscrutable God? How do you reveal God, our Heavenly Father, who is so far above us, creator of all things? Well, he has identified himself as our Heavenly Father. And to the extent that an earthly father can demonstrate that love for their children, they are modeling that so that we can better understand our Heavenly Father. Of course, Fathers fall short. Mothers fall short. We, do, we don't hit that mark, but 
Nevertheless, to the extent we can do that, we give children a, a, a picture of what their heavenly father is. Imagine the father who loves perfectly because your father on earth doesn't love perfectly. He still loses his temper or whatever. Well, your father in heaven does love perfectly. And we see that with David where David, after God had given him rest, it says the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies. So David had been given this rest from, he had conquered all of these surrounding enemies. He's given this rest and he's there and he says, you know what? I'm going to build a house for God. I'm going to build a beautiful temple. It's going to be magnificent. Nathan, what's interesting is Nathan says, yeah, you know, God's with you. You should do that. And then God comes to Nathan that, that night and gives him a word from the Lord. No, no, Nathan. No, 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 no. You tell David, you're going to build a house for me? No, 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 no. I'm going to build a house for you. That's how this is going to work. I am going to build a house for you, David. God said, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. That's what God said he would do for David, now, if, you're love, if your loving earthly father enjoyed giving to you more than receiving from you, think of how much more your perfectly heavenly, perfect heavenly father enjoys giving to you rather than receiving from you. Your heavenly father is gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. He desires to give to you, and he takes joy in giving to you. That's your heavenly father. Now, David lived a thousand years before Jesus' birth. So for a millennia, the people of Israel waited in hope. It was an expectant hope, kind of like the expectant hope we have now as we look for Jesus to return. The people of Israel waited in hope. For, for the promised Messiah, the, the one who would fulfill the promises that were made first to Adam and Eve in the garden. It was actually stated to Satan, as you recall, the first gospel, the proto-euangelion. It was stated to Satan that her offspring would crush the serpent's head. That's the first gospel. That promise was given to Adam and Eve. And after that, there were promise, that promise was given to Abraham, to Jacob, to, uh, to Isaac, and to David. They waited patiently year after year. And even in the bad times, such as the Babylonian captivity, when they had seen the temple destroyed and they were taken off into exile. Nevertheless, they waited patiently for the Lord to give to them and to deliver them. So then, in the midst of this waiting, well, it feels like it's in the midst of it, we know, looking back on it, it is at the end of this waiting that the angel Gabriel came to Mary and made this announcement to tell her that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her, would come upon her. Kind of like, you know, the power of the Most High, like God, the Holy Spirit, filling the tabernacle. 
and filling the temple in Old Testament Israel. It is the same sense in which the Holy Spirit came and overshadowed and, and, and came upon Mary. And for nine months, she carried in her womb God. It's nothing less than that. That's why Mary is rightly honored and revered and called blessed. She is, she is the Theotokos. That means God-bearer. And she is rightly revered and honored for that. It seems unbelievable. How could this be that the creator of the universe, the very creator of the universe, would be inside of a woman's womb? But nothing will be impossible with God. Truly, Mary had found favor with God, but her blessings did not end there. She was also blessed with faith to receive that promise and to believe it. Listen to her beautiful, absolutely beautiful words of faith. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Wrapped up in this simple statement is an expression that, that goes, reaches back to, to David and, and be, be behind that to Abraham and then behind that to, to Adam and Eve. And she's saying, I believe, Lord, that you have fulfilled your promise to us. And I believe that in my womb is or will be the Son of God. So on this fourth Sunday of Advent, I know it feels like Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve, right? Tonight is Christmas Eve. Right now it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. In this fourth Sunday of Advent, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself, not by bringing something to God or offering something to God, but by receiving his word of promise. For God's desire is first and foremost to give to you, not receive from you. His desire is to bless you, not to be blessed by you, but to bless you. Receive his grace and mercy, 100% gift for you. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus.